There seems to be a joy in the house this morning. That's the way it should be. Amen? <clears throat> that song said it all, our rescuer. Think about that, our redeemer. Amen. That's why we worship. That's why we come to, to worship on Sundays. That's why we worship on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we continue to do it. God has called us into worship. And it's something that... that we should desire to do. As we talked about this month, that, that worship is the theme, and, and anyway, uh, God's called us to 24-7 worship. Uh, worship is a surrender to God, and we're looking at that through uh, Joseph and Mary, and today the wise man, next week the shepherds, but we're looking about how that, that in the Christmas uh, uh, part of the Bible, the Christmas story of the Bible, it's showing these guys acting out and worship in these different areas. And again, uh, uh, worship is confined to God. I think sometimes we get a little bit of competition going on and we're trying to worship other things instead of God, but it's confined to God. And then the best time to worship is all the time. Uh, week two, again, Joseph's spiritual act of worship was obedience and the Lord really spoke into me that week, obedience to God will be our salvation. It is our salvation. Uh, when it hurts the most, still the voices, continue to walk in obedience of Scripture and wait for victory. It's, it's coming. It's here. And then last week we talked about Mary's spiritual act of worship was discernment and how she is discerning the, the Spirit and seeking the Lord. Uh, today we're talking about the wise man and and their act of worship was giving. And anyway, the McAdams family lit the candle and you guys did a wonderful job and we appreciate that. And anyway, uh, I don't know if we understand it, but I'm going to try to explain the wise man a little bit today. But, but they came to worship the Christ. And a lot of people would say, oh, they didn't know what they were doing. I think they did. I think they knew full well what they were doing. And we'll go through that today. But I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through, I think, 13. And then uh, we're going to show a video right after I read this. And so uh, if you guys want to be prepared upstairs, but I'll read Matthew 1 through 12, and then you can just crank up the video after that. But now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise man came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They came to worship him. Verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled his chief priests, all of the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come, for you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men, secretly and asserted, ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was born. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, mirth, and being warned, warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own country by another, to their own country by another way. Do you guys want to show that? Why don't you bring the lights down, please? A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. The word became flesh. made his dwelling among us. son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. video to kind of show you that that again that I believe that when they went into the presence of Jesus when they when she said his name is Jesus they fell and knelt and worshiped before him and and I think they knew him well or knew of him and we'll get into that later but the wise men were probably members of a learned religious class from the region now called Iran uh, they specialized in astrology and medicine and, and natural science I uh, wanted to make something else a note of it today because I don't think a lot of people get this, but, but uh, and even it really wasn't portrayed in the video there, but, but Luke 2 tells us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Luke 2, 4, in a manger, uh, Luke 2, 7, near an inn in Luke 2, 7. He was the firstborn again in Luke 2, 7. Um, the wise man, if you note in the scripture that was read today, and, and it'll be in any passage of the Bible from Matthew 2.16, it says 2.11, it says, the wise men went into a house. They saw a child. And so it went from, a main, or from a, uh, the inn and from a, a house 
from an end to a house and from a, a baby to a child. And, and then we read in Matthew 2.16 that, that soon after Herod, Herod got word back from the wise man, he killed the children that were two years and younger. And the reason I say that today is that the wise man could have went to see Jesus from 40 days old up to two years. It, it wasn't immediately. And uh, we get that a lot of times, but it's really clear in the scripture. And the reason I say that, again, I set up to what I'm wanting to bring into the message today. And there's seven things that, there are six things that I think we can do as believers and we can learn from the wise man. But, but the wise men were wise and, and knew the things that they knew because one, we're going to talk about today, they believed God's word. Two, they were seeking the Christ. Three, they were givers. Four, they recognized Jesus' value. Five, they were humble. And six, they were obedient. That's what made them wise. And, and if we want to be wise in the things of God, uh, I challenge you to, to hear what's being said today and put these to practice in your own life. So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name today. And Lord, again, I want me out of the way and I want you in the way. Father, I want you in the middle of all of us in our lives. And, and Father, we want to hear what you're calling us to hear today. And so, Father, words that are of my flesh, let it fall on deaf ears. But, Lord, words that, that I say from you, Lord, let us uh, meditate on them, Lord, and let us respond and react to them, Lord, that we would draw closer to you today. But, Father, again, we ask for a touch upon everybody in this body today. We're here because we want to worship you and we want to know more about you. And, Father, we want to know the best way to do it. And so, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, remind us and teach us all things today. In Jesus' name. Amen. The wise man, one, believed God's word. Uh, most likely the, the Magi knew of the writings of the prophet Daniel, who in the time past had been the chief, uh, chief of the courts and the seers of Persia. And I'm going to have him put up Daniel 9.24 behind me. But, but this is a prophecy that Daniel put out in Daniel 9.24 through 27. And it's a timeline to the birth of Christ. And so we can see that when the prophet Daniel was in, in, in uh, you know, Persia at this time, that, that he ministered into people, whether he realized it or not. But, but this prophecy was particular in, the, in the, the, the Christ's birth and stuff, but also in who Christ was. It talks about the atonement for our iniquity. It talks about the end of our sins, the end of transgressions will be finished. The everlasting righteousness the, that the prophecy will be completed and Jesus will be anointed king. And so this is why I love the Bible. That's why I love the word of God. That's why that we can take it to the bank, that we can stand on it. The word of God is alive. It's acting. It's real. And, and that's what we see in the scripture today. Uh, the book of Daniel was written between 530 to 536 BC, before Christ. So some 530 to 536 years before Christ, the scripture behind me was written prophesying about Jesus. And, and if you get up into all the, the seven years times 69 equals 483, but, but breaking all that down, we see this prophecy 
was fulfilled. You see, uh, Cyrus was the key, was the, you know, the Jews were taken into slavery by the Babylonians. And then we see that, that Cyrus and the Persians come in and, and defeated the Babylonians. And that's all, what all was going on in the times. But in 538, King Cyrus, Persia king, gave the decree to build the temple. But the actual building of the temple in Jerusalem didn't start until 457 BC when Ezra returned to build the city. Now, bear with me with all these facts here today, because this isn't my thing. I don't like to preach this way. But Ezra 4, 12 through 23 tells us about that. But what I'm trying to tell you that, that the 483 years fulfillment of Daniel 9 prophecy, the end of that was AD 27 when Christ was going into the ministry. Think about that. Here the wise man had, had pondered on some things that, that Daniel said and they, these particular things that I already shared with you, and we'll share more about them. And, and I believe they were studiers of the word, and by faith, they were seeking out the, the Christ. And I could have get into the, the star of Bethlehem. I could have spent an hour just on that and, and the significance of that. But, but how they were looking for that Christ. And that's point two. They were seeking the Christ. They were seeking the Christ with all their heart. Matthew 2, 1 says, The wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Again, the wise men came from the east, most likely Persia or modern day Iran, meaning eight or 900 miles to Bethlehem. Matthew 2, 4 through 8. And then asked to search diligently by King Herod until they found him. And then they found him and they worshiped him. Man, that's believing in the word. That's believing in seeking the Christ out. Do we go to great lengths to see Christ each and every day in our own lives? Do we get up every morning anticipating to spend time and, and, and hearing from the, the Christ from the Holy Spirit? We do that through God's Word. I wanted to read, uh, uh, and again, I don't believe in coincidence, but, but Gary Dumb sent a word out Saturday when I was working on this about the Word. My people, there is not a word that I have spoken, there is not a word that I have written. There's not a word that has come through my prophets. None of these words should be ignored. Now these words, or none of these words should be compromised. None of these words should fall to the ground and be trampled. For all the words will come to pass. All the words have been sent, set in stone in granite that is indestructible. All these words are for those who are called by my name to follow. They should, follow, they should be your Yes and amen. For in them is life. In them is righteousness for those who know them and adhere to them. In them is all you need to be a true follower of mine. In them will come great confidence in me. In them will come the joy of the Lord in your life. Let them be your guide to victory. The word, the Bible, the things that God speaks into us. Let us seek him 
persistently pressing into him and standing on every word, everything that he says as, and know that it's true. Know that Jesus was from God. Know that Jesus came after us. Know that Jesus was born in a manger. Know that Jesus lived this life without sin. He was sinless. Know that he went to the cross for your sin. Know that he was raised from the sin so that what you could have relationship with God. That you could confess your sins and you could boldly go through to the throne of God. Meaning you can seek and hear from the Lord just like Jesus. Do you believe that today? But I think to get there, we got to be number three givers. And I think a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, he's going to talk about money now. I'm talking about just giving yourself completely to him, and money is a part of that. But they opened their treasures, and they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and mirth, verse 11 says. You see, when they gave, arrived in Jerusalem, they gave him all that they had, and they worshiped him. And that's what we need to be. We need to be givers of ourselves and give all that we can, all that we are, into worshiping him. And this gives me goosebumps thinking about it, but, but the gold could, probably did, finance Joseph and Mary's trip, trip to Egypt. The gold that they gave financed the, the ministry of Christ, if you would. When we're givers of ourselves, our time, tithe, and our talent, we're supporting the ministry of Christ, the one that we worship. But I believe that they knew that Jesus was the ultimate giver. And I want to get into the significance of the wise man giving. And again, I'm going to have to read some stuff, but I want us to get this today because I think they were givers because they knew that Christ gave of himself first. When you think of the gold, the frankincense and mirth, all three of them were symbols. Gold is a symbol of divinity and is mentioned throughout the Bible. We know that idols were made from gold. We know the Ark of the Covenant was overlaid with gold in Exodus 25, 10 through 17, representing the presence of God, the divinity. The gift of gold to Christ child, the Christ child was a symbol of his divinity, God in the flesh. I think the wise men knew that and they were precise in their giving of gold because Christ first gave of himself and gold represented that divinity. The frankincense, it's a white uh, gum tree. It is attained, this, this frankincense is attained from a tree by making incisions into the bark and allowing the gum to flow out. It's highly fragrant. And when burned, it was therefore used in worship where it was burned as a pleasant offering to God, Exodus 30, 34. Frankincense is a symbol of the holiness and righteousness of the divine God. The gift of frankincense to the Christ child was a symbolic of his willingness to become a sacrifice, wholly giving himself up to us. Did the wise men really know what they were doing? The gold represented the divinity of Christ. The frankincense represented that this Christ, this God, came for us. And he gave himself as a fragrant offering for us. 
birth is a product of Arabia, was attained from a tree also, same manner. It was a spice and was used in embalming. It was also sometimes mingled with wine to form a, an article of drink, such as a drink given to our Savior when he was about to be crucified. Mark 15, 23. Matthew 27, 34 refers to the gal or gall. But mirth symbolizes the bitterness, the suffering, the affliction that Jesus would endure and eventually die for you and I. And then they worshiped. Did you get that? They brought the gold representing divine divinity of Christ. They knew he's the son of God. They gave the frankincense. They knew that he was going to be a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. And they gave the mirth that he was going to suffer death for them. And so they worshiped him. In the video, they just, that's Jesus, boom. They worshiped him. Do we recognize what Jesus has done for us? And it just makes us fall to our knees and worship him. Giving all of ourselves, our gold, our frankincense, our mirth, and just saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. We need to be givers, just like Christ was a giver. Jesus was that ultimate giver. Ultimate giver. The wise men were givers to the ministry of Christ. We too can support the ministry of Christ with our giving, our lives. What better way to give of yourself than for Christ? This Christmas, examine yourself and give in to the ministry of Christ. We've invited you to be a part of the extended ministry of Christ campaign that's going on you've been reading about in your bulletin. This is to give to the ministry of Oakton that will continue to go on in the faithfulness and of telling others about Jesus of, of Nazareth, the Son of God. So if you want to give to the year in giving financially to support that, there's no better place to give financially. And I think about the nativity. I think about ringing the bell. I think about all the activities we have at Oakton that... that are out there to tell others about Jesus, how can we give and be a part of that ministry ourselves? How can we be the ultimate giver of our lives to people? That we sacrifice all that we have so that one more might be saved. Number four, the, the wise man recognized Jesus' value, his worth. This to me is one of the most important characteristics of the wise man. Jesus is worthy. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our humility. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But something I believe that the, the, uh, the Persian... Wise men that were Gentiles recognized 
is that the redemptive plan not only included the Jews, it included the Gentiles. Because they were Gentiles. Mark 8, 12, while the son of the kingdom, Jews, while the sons of the kingdom, Jews, will be thrown into outer darkness. In their place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But Romans 10, 12 says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. So they recognized who Jesus was and the value in him that any man that, that called upon him would be saved. That they would have hope, that they would have a future. And so they worshiped. But they also recognized that they too needed to go therefore to all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We too need to take this promise and recognize the Son of God, the Daniel prophecy of the atonement of the iniquity, the end of sins, the transgressions will be finished, everlasting righteousness, prophecy will be completed, Jesus will be anointed king, Jesus is king, king of kings, Lord of lords. And we need to recognize who he is and the value that he is. And man, that's the best Christmas gift we can give anybody is Jesus. I want to show you guys something. The oldest picture of Oakton. Me and dad were digging the other day and we found this news article. And what I'm trying to do here is that, that back in the Oakton was developed, uh, they valued and recognized who Christ was. And I think we still do today. But this picture is, I think, one of the oldest ones I found. And me and dad both think it's one of the oldest ones. Um, Jerry and some of you guys, Walter... This picture is really stumping us because if you study that picture, that almost looks like the north side. But, but either way, there was a news article that they put out in the paper about this community, this thriving Oakton community. But from this news article, I've seen the, the value that, that Oakton recognized in Jesus. They recognized him as Savior. They valued him so much they built this church without a full-time pastor. You know, I was thinking that nobody there to drive them, nobody there to push them, but as a body of Christ, they saw the value in Christ, the value in telling others about him, that they began to look ahead. And this is from the article itself. Oakton specifically serves the community of Oakton. It's kind of dissipated since then, some. You guys know there used to be a Baptist church over here that no longer stands. But beyond that, it welcomes every passerby, every hour of the day or night. Its doors are never locked. And early Monday morning callers find the beautiful interior of the church in perfect order as if awaiting worshipers. They understood and valued Christ. 
They knew that if worship was more than Sunday, the doors were unlocked on Monday, the place was put in order for anybody that wanted to come in and worship the Lord. Any passerby, anybody's welcome. The article went on to say and called them progressive, and today that's about a dirty word, but, but they were progressive in, in looking into the future they wanted stronger program and, and, and full-time pastor. They wanted to dive into the things of God. It's funny in here that if, if I would read this to you, and if you want a copy, I, I think Norma's got one, I've got one, and Dad does, but, but there's even illusions and that's what gets me is that the, our identity today is so similar back then as what God called us to be. They were talking about that during the winter, they met on Tuesday nights once a month for the soup supper, if you will, potluck. But in the, in the summer, they had ice cream. What do we do now? The congregation of, this is a quote, the congregation of 65 faces, uh, five, 65 faces its future with confidence. The church is debt-free when, it, when, it, when its present home was in the planning, three members agreed to pay 1000 each to provide other members of the congregation would raise the remaining building fund. But before that, they put half equity in other words, they did half the work themselves. A few people put in a third, put in 3,000, three and then it said everyone paid in. They paid into the vision of Christ. Open from the beginning, we recognize the value of Jesus and build our community around him. And we must continue to recognize the value of Jesus in our community and build it up. And, and, and send it out and tell others about him. But I think we need to be humble sometimes. Number five. See, the wise men were humble. Matthew 2.11 says, They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. This was a, a child. And, and they humbled themselves because they recognized he was the son of God, and they bowed down and said, you're above me. I'm nothing without you. You're the king of the kings, the Lord of lords. I need your, your redemption power. I need your saving power in my life. They, they humbled themselves to worship him. That word humble we read about in Colossians 3.12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, humility, meekness, and patience. Humble humility literally means a lowliness of no mind, no pride or arrogance inside or outside. A lot of times I can, I can fake humility on the outside, but on the inside I can be ugly. He's saying that, that we're humble inside and outside, Meaning God knows the heart. We need to humble ourselves. 
Matthew 5, 3, the poor in spirit will inherit the, poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. Meaning, we humble ourselves, we realize we are sinners, and we come in humility to worship you, Lord. You're king over us. You see, pride is a deep pleasure and satisfaction in what we have accomplished. Humility is taking pride and pleasure and satisfaction in what Christ has accomplished. Did we get that today? Humility is taking pride and pleasure, satisfaction in what God has accomplished, what Christ has accomplished. This article said about Oakton, and this sanctuary was beautiful for anyone who would pass by. Out of humility, not pride, but a deep pleasure and satisfaction for Christ. They created this worship, this fellowship. Out of humility, not pride, but a deep pleasure and satisfaction 60, for Christ 66 years ago, Oakland created the nativity pageant. Do you guys realize the, 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 the humility they had in recognizing the Son of God that, that they put together and created the nativity scene. And I thought to myself, do we recognize Christ the way they do when we put it on today, 66 years later? Are we still humble before the Lord and not prideful, but have a deep, satisfying love and pride for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in him, not in us. Out of humility, not pride, but a deep pleasure and satisfaction for God, do we ring the bell? Not to look at me, ringing the bell, worship me, but we ring the bell to remind people of who Christ is, how that our deep satisfaction and love comes from him. Humility, not pride. But James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. So you need changes in your life? Then humble yourself before God. Fall on your knees and worship him. And when you do that, he's going to speak into your life and he's going to raise you up. And six, last but not least for sure, they obey God rather than man. In Matthew 28, or Matthew 2, 8, King Herod had told them, when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. In Matthew 2, 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So they didn't obey a king over here. They obeyed the king of kings. The wise man discerned a hero's heart and followed God's heart. When the wise man didn't report back to King Herod, he put out a decree 
to kill all the babies two years and under in that area. And a lot of times, you know, the scholars today believe in that specific area, probably 20 babies were killed because Herod didn't want no other king. But I want to read to you today from Matthew 2, 13 through 16, but it's another example of obeying. It's through um, Mary and Joseph. But if you turn to Matthew 2, uh, 13 through 16, now when they departed, meaning the wise man, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for a child to destroy him. And then he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and, re and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Again, the word of God being fulfilled. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old and under according to the time that he had asserted from the wise man. What I saw from this obedience here with Mary and Joseph is they had a choice. And that's us so many times that, that God will speak into us, but obedience is a choice. Um, when we choose to disobey, we put ourselves outside of God's protection. When we choose to obey, we put ourselves under God's protection. Joseph and Mary had a dream, or Joseph had a dream to flee to Egypt. Joseph had a choice to obey, or he had a choice to stay. It's obviously he chose to obey and he left. And thus the child was saved. But what if he would have disobeyed? Would Jesus have been the 21st baby that was killed that day? God' protection, we all want, we all desire it, but we have to choose to stay under it. When we do things blatantly against God's word, we move ourselves outside of that protection. And I'm not saying God won't do this or that. He can intervene anytime he wants, but we put ourselves in a vulnerable position. And Peter told us that we need to be sober-minded, be watchful for your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour. Somebody that, that gets outside of that protection of God. And we all have been there at times or the other when the Lord said to do this, were we obedient or not obedient? I can think of times throughout my life before I got my head on it and out partying and drinking hard, I put myself outside of God's plan and, and was disobedient. And I wrecked my car up here at 110 on the Oakton Curve and about killed three people. God still looked over me, but I was disobedient and put four guys in harm way. 
A lot of us like to say, well, if God loved me, I wouldn't have got pregnant outside of marriage. Well, if you'd have been obedient to God's word, you wouldn't have got pregnant to begin with. We put ourselves under the protection or outside the protection. And again, I believe our God is merciful and he probably protects us when we don't even deserve it. Because there's a lot of times I look back and I've realized I fell into something good. And that's because of his grace. So I'm not saying he's a hammer God. I'm saying he looks out for me all the time, but I can choose to come out from underneath that. And when I do, I'm vulnerable. You see, God allowed some hardships on Mary and Joseph. Jesus had to be a a refugee and a stranger in another country. But again, as the word said, he will come out of Egypt. And so did Joseph know that word And when the angel told him to go into Jesus and he's starting to catch, hey, this is the son of God. He wants me to go to Egypt. He's God. He can handle Herod. Oh, the scripture does say he will come up out of Egypt. Did he, did he go to the word? I, I don't know. Did he, did he, had he heard that before? I don't know. But I do know that God's word is alive and active and real. And it comes to pass. Do we want to be wise today? Then one, believe in God's word. Seek the Christ with all your heart. Be givers. Be givers. Complete givers of yourself. Recognize the value of And Jesus Christ is more valuable than anything else. (laughs) The older I get, the more I realize that. I strained something through here, and I can't hardly bend over. And I dropped my phone last night, and it was almost embarrassing picking the phone up. And I was embarrassed because this old body's getting older. But something that never goes away is Jesus. He lasts forever. And I'm going to be with him forever. So this old life is passing away. And we're looking forward to the new life. But we need to recognize Jesus' value. We need to be humble. And, and so many times we take pride in who we are, pleasure and satisfaction in us, when we need to take pleasure and satisfaction in Christ. He's the one we're lifting up. You know, we think we're all that, you know, I... I haven't sinned that much. Well, guys, your one sin is just as vital as the other hundred that the guy sitting by you might have done. Everybody always said, and I'll say it myself, I don't know a guy that, that I know several guys that live their life, I guess, like my brother Mark did, but, but I don't know that guy messing up very many times. But he was just in the same boat as the, the, the most horrible sinner ever without Christ. And we need to humble ourselves and accept Christ as our Lord and his forgiveness is for. We just need to humble ourselves. And then be obedient to Christ. I get it all the time. Pastor, what do I need to do? Be obedient to Christ. 
You know, everybody I work with, they're wanting an answer. Go to the Word of God and be obedient to Christ. Man, I want you to come to me. I want to pray with you, but, but you can be like the church of Oakton in the beginning that you did it without the pastor by going to the Word and being obedient to the Word. That's what makes you wise. So let's stand to our feet today. And, and again, I've asked you to, to examine your own hearts. So these altars are open today. And, and this is your time today just to, to worship him. And I want to challenge you to come up here and just to, to humble yourself and say, Lord, here I am. How can I give of myself to you? Have you ever asked God what you could give him instead of what he can give you? Most prayers we have is what God can give us. Why don't we ask God what we can give him? And he's going to say, I just want your heart. I just want your heart. I just want all of you. I want you to be humble before me. That's all he wants. To love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind and love your brothers as yourself. That's all he wants from us. If you're here today and haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's number one. I want to challenge you, if you haven't been baptized, that's number two, water baptized. Number three, baptized in the Holy Spirit, or you can be one and a half baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you need to do it. And just say, here I am, God. I give it all to you. I give you my gold and my frankincense and my mirth because I recognize who you are and you gave it all to me. And so I give all of myself back to you, Lord. And thank you, Father, for ministering into us today, Lord. And we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name.